Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 85 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I just want to say thank you for hanging out with me today. I know exactly what it means that you are sharing your time with me, and I appreciate each of you so very much. Now, I recently read a quote from Dale Carnegie. I think I even used it a couple of episodes ago because it has really stuck with me. And here's what he said. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Now, it's a little sing-songy and all that, but and that might be right part of the reason why it stuck with me. But I am convinced that the older my kids get, that I'm not always that great at convincing them. In fact, Anytime I've ever tried to argue my kids into my way of thinking, it has been an epic fail. They push back just on principle alone, which makes sense because I don't know about you, but I definitely remember loathing it anytime my parents lectured me about anything. They get this certain tone and my back would just go up, which I find pretty ironic. And I know my parents find it hilarious because I get that tone sometimes with my own teens. And as I shared in a recent episode, my daughter has said multiple times, and with great frustration, I would add, that not everything has to be a lesson, mom. So I have to rely on the two-liter bottle method of parenting, which if you've been with me for a while, you may have heard me talk about. But it's this visual that I picture when I think about influencing parenting and teaching teens all of the values, ideas, and strategies that I want to impart to them. It has to be one drop at a time, slowly dripped in over the long haul into, like I'm imagining the mouth of a two liter bottle. So it's, a, it's not a very large opening and I'm dripping things in one at a time, right? Slowly but surely. Now, one of the methods that I have found super helpful in using this dripping method is questions, open-ended questions to be specific. Now, this is a strategy that my friend Tammy first introduced to me a while back, and it is something I have to say she is brilliant at. In fact, a lot of what I'm sharing today, I learned from her. And I'm still working and practicing at asking really good open-ended questions because my knee-jerk isn't to gently lead my teens through questions, hoping that they come to the conclusion that I want them to reach on their own. My default is to just tell them what I think and that I want them to think that way too, which as you might imagine, is less than helpful most of the time. Now, once Tammy shared the magic of questions with me, I did a little digging. It turns out the human brain is wired to answer questions and whether we want them to or not, Questions burrow into our heads and they nag at us and our brains work to come up with an answer, which means it's a super awesome parenting strategy. Being able to nag your teens without having to actually, you know, nag. Um, Yes, please. So, you know, I'm kidding, but in all seriousness, this really works. And there are a couple of things that you want to keep in mind. Number one, when you're using questions as a strategy, don't expect your teens to actually tell you their answer. Because another piece of this that's magic, your teen is going to get to the same place nine times out of 10 that you're gently guiding them to, 
even if they don't verbalize it and tell you that they have. That's sometimes the rub, giving up the satisfaction of hearing them get there. Because a lot of times your teens are not going to engage in a conversation about this with you. But if you ask the question, their brains have no choice but to work on it. And you can be confident that at the very least, you've planted a seed. Like I said, it's magic. Now, the next thing that you want to keep in mind is that you want to avoid questions that have any kind of judgment attached. So using pretty much any type of why question implies judgment. So do statements like, what were you thinking? And where have I gone wrong? Unfortunately, if you're like me, that might be the first thing that flies out of your mouth. So be sure that you're having grace with yourself as you practice asking great questions with your teens. Now, the next thing that you need to remember is that this only works with open-ended questions. If something can be answered with one word, like yes or no or fine or okay, then it's not going to do the job that you want it to do. One word answers close the loop, so brains don't have to do any more work to find a solution. Now, if you're like I was in my conversation with Tammy, at this point, you might be wondering, okay, what are some good open-ended questions? And I'm so glad you asked. I am going to be sharing some of my go-to open-ended questions today. And again, I want to give credit where credit is due because my friend Tammy, and have I mentioned that she's a licensed counselor? She's the one who shared most of these with me. And just a forewarning, as I made this list, I realized that a lot of these questions are ones to use in challenging circumstances. These aren't necessarily the I want to know, get to know you better type questions. So if you want questions more along those lines, you can find them in the show notes for this episode at theishgirl.com forward slash EP85 in my freebie um, questions for any book. There are some great questions in there that you can adapt even without reading a book. You can apply to any kind of media or, you know, use them in several different contexts. And then also I'm going to provide a link to one of my former episodes that's all about knowing your teen well. And there are some great questions in that episode as well. Okay, back to those open-ended questions. Here we go. The first one is, what would it look like, dot, 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 and you're going to fill in the last part of that question. It might look something like, what would it look like to create a study plan for the next test? Or what would it look like if you were experiencing the same thing that he or she is, if you're trying to get them to experience maybe a little bit more empathy? So just posing the question of what would it look like to and then fill in the blank for whatever it is that you're wanting to, them to think through or imagine. And, um, and that kind of opens the door for their brains to go to work on picturing whatever that situation is. Okay, another one of my go-tos is help me understand dot, dot, dot. And the end of that question or sentence there could be um, help me understand what you mean. Help me understand what you're feeling. Help me understand what you need. Help me understand how that is helpful in this situation. Help me understand what thoughts were going through your head when you made that decision. So those are all really good ways to ask for, for your child to explain something to you or, or share something with you that are so much better than, what were you thinking, <laughs> right? Okay, the next one is, if you do blank, what might things look like 
and then that's where you fill in a time frame. So if you choose to torment your sibling, what do you think your relationship is going to look like tomorrow, next week, in a year, etc.? If you continue to lie, what do you think things are going to look like when you're 16 or next week or in a year? So again, you're just trying to get them to imagine the, um, like take the whatever their behavior or action is all the way to its end conclusion, right? So you're taking what they're doing, having them take what they're doing, thinking, their behavior, their attitude, their actions, and following it through to its end conclusion. Because again, one of the things that is developmentally appropriate in teens is that they don't think about that end conclusion. It doesn't even occur to them. Okay, another way to talk about this is to say something along the the lines of, help me connect the dots between your actions and the outcome you wanted. So you're really having them think about what was the outcome that, that they were thinking about? Were they actually thinking about an outcome or not? Um, how did their, be, their actions relate to that? Um, another way to ask that is walk me through blank, you know, walk me through what happened, walk me through your choices, walk me through what it looked like when you studied for your test one step at a time. Is there a different way you could have done things to get a different in- outcome? And so you're asking them, it's basically asking them, what would you do differently? And then another question is, what is keeping you from, and this one I love so very much because it really takes the confrontation out of a conversation. And so instead of saying, why aren't you doing blah, blah, blah? Why aren't you cleaning your room? Why aren't you doing your homework the way you're supposed to? Why, you know, whatever it is, again, there's that why word that implies so much judgment. You're saying, what's keeping you from keeping your room clean? What is keeping you from doing the work you need to do to get good grades? What is keeping you from respecting the boundaries, whether it's at home or in the classroom? What is keeping you from trying out for the activity that you're interested in? And in that one, it's just purely a curiosity and, and trying to get to the root of maybe some fear that they're experiencing. So what is keeping you from is a really great way to begin a question about something that you really want your teens to think about. Now, the last one that I'm going to share is this. What is your plan for? And again, this is a brilliant way to have your teens' minds start working on a solution, right? So you're you're prompting them to come up with a solution to whatever it is you're asking them about. So it might be, what is your plan for keeping up with your assignments this marking period? What is your plan for creating better habits for yourself? What is your plan for making things right with your teacher, with your friend, with your sibling, with me? A- again, it's a great way to have you get your prompter team to work on a solution. Now, I've given you guys just a few suggestions on how you can use these open-ended questions, but the possibilities are limitless and you can apply them to any age teen. In fact, now I will deny this if you call me out on it, I might have even used these phrases on some of the adults in my life. Because with the right questions, you can guide your teens to the healthy values and beliefs that you want for them without lecturing or nagging. And because they are coming to that conclusion themselves, because they are deciding it, it's much more powerful 
and it's much more likely to stay with them, which is a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Now, if you're like me, this is a mindset shift that's going to take some time and some practice. For me, sometimes I struggle to come up with the right words in the heat of the moment or the right question in the heat of the moment. So if you'd like a printable copy of these questions as a reminder, I've created that for you. And you can head to my show notes again at theishgirl.com forward slash EP85 to download that freebie. Okay, friends, thank you again for hanging out with me today. I just have one quick question for you. If in the middle of it is helpful and encouraging to you in any way, what's keeping you from heading to iTunes and leaving me a rating and a review? See what I did there? Seriously, though, when you do that, it really does help other people just like you find these resources. Plus, you have no idea how excited I get when you share your thoughts about the podcast. I'm just saying. From an ish girl who is hoping for the same things that my parents wished for me, which is that my teens grow up to have children just like themselves someday, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.